0: Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies.
1: Hello, it is Woodstock Nation. Woodstock Nation, the podcast in association with Woodstock Nation, the documentary to be released in 2019 is brought to you by the wonderful people at Green Age Development. Woodstock Nation, the podcast, celebrates the revolution, evolution, and the life changing magic of music festivals from Woodstock to today. I'm also one of the producers of Woodstock Nation, the documentary due out this 50th anniversary year. We've been celebrating Woodstock, and today we're going to celebrate day three of Woodstock, August 17th, 1969. Things have really been going longer than they should have. Of course, the rain has been beating people down the elements. There's no food. And now people are pretty tired as the festival is going on. But there is a lot of tenacity in this crowd for sure. And Max Yasgar, the man who donated his farm. I believe there actually was a price. They did pay. The promoters paid him something. I actually don't know exactly what that was. I'm sure it wasn't much because his neighbors were not very happy with him. He was Mr. Unpopular. But from what I understand... He just really didn't care. Uh, In fact, the site, the festival site in 2017 has been listed on the National Register of Historic Places, and now it's the Bethel Woods. There's an amphitheater and a museum, so it has become sort of grown into something bigger. But on that day at Woodstock, Max Yasgar took to the stage, and here's what happened. We
0: have a gentleman with us. The gentleman upon whose farm we are, Mr. Max Jasker. On. I'm a farmer. I don't know. I don't know how to speak to twenty people at one time, let alone a crowd like this. But I think you people have proven something to the world. Not only to Town of Bethel or Sullivan County or New York State, you've proven something to the world. This is the largest group of people ever assembled in one place. We have had no idea that there would be this size group. And because of that, you have had quite a few inconveniences as far as water and food and so forth. Your producers have done a mammoth job to see that you're taken care of. They enjoy a vote of thanks. But above that, the important thing that you've proven to the world is that a half a million kids and I call your kids because I have children older than you are. A half a million young people can get together and have three days of fun and music and have nothing but fun and music. And I got you for it.
1: God bless you, Max Yasgar. What a cool guy. You can't not love him. Thank you so much. For him, it was all possible because they had so many problems getting permits. It got pulled so many times, similar to this year's Woodstock 50th anniversary. It looks like not going to happen because permits have been pulled town after town. I guess it would be nice to have a Max Yazgar. So two o'clock in the afternoon, Max speaks and then Joe Cocker with his Grease Band take the stage and not two years before Woodstock, Cocker says the most people that he played for were 300 people in a bar. You know, he sort of had that rough bluesy kind of attitude and he said it was hard to get the, the kids attention. I mean, it really took a lot to get in their face. He played a huge set. He played 13 songs and he said it really took to pretty much his very last song which we all think of when we think of him Joe Cocker he says that really struck them and it got their attention and it it's with a little help from my friends he played that and of course we all remember that from the movie and it you know it's an infamous moment in Woodstock history after Cocker left the stage He said there was a huge thunderstorm disrupting the show. The show was interrupted for hours and hours, and at least over four hours. And he says, right as he finished, this huge black cloud came up and just poured on everything.
0: Woodstock Nation.
1: About 6.30 in the evening. Now things are really behind schedule. Country Joe and the Fish take the stage. Finally, Country Joe has his band. Of course, he played at Woodstock earlier all by himself reluctantly, but he they needed somebody. He went on stage. So with his buddy, Barry Melton and his other San Francisco friends and the Fish took to the stage. In fact, I hear they were a, a last minute addition. They were not even on the poster. So it was kind of those things that just sort of fell together. Uh, even Country Joe says to this day he's still surprised that people are talking about Woodstock. What a nice guy. We actually interviewed him for Woodstock Nation the documentary. So humble, so cool. He says he was prepared to play the 50th anniversary concert, which of course now has been canceled. So he was game, ready to do it again. He loves to play so talented. And his song the Gimme an F, gimme a you that song was featured right in the middle of the Woodstock documentary, the Oscar winning documentary, which gave him definitely a place in history. So now it's about 8.15 p.m. when he finishes up and 10 years after take the stage. They were a British blues band with a little jazz overtones and they weren't uber, super uber popular. But thanks to the movie, the Woodstock movie made and broke so many careers. It was one of those things, if you got into the movie, that could have been a life changer for you. And it was for Alvin Lee and 10 years after. Because before the movie, they really just were a British blues band. Afterward, they were rock and roll superstars. And in fact, you know, the song I'm Going Home. They only played six songs, but what a great set they played at Woodstock. Then 10 o'clock, the band. It was a month before that these guys got had their very first show, became a band. They were living up in Woodstock at the time. I always think, when I think of Woodstock, I always think of the band. They were upstate New York guys at the time, living up there, making music. And when Von Helm, Richard Manuel, Rick Danko, Robbie Robertson, and Garth Hudson took the stage, Von Helm remembers. He says, you know... After all that rain and mud, the field was a mess, and we kind of felt like we were going into war. All of the dressing rooms backstage at the time were turned into emergency clinics. The crowd was tired and a little unhealthy, and then the band took the stage and performed 11 amazing songs, and who doesn't remember, and I still, when I hear the song The Wait." I still get a little tear in my eye. What a beautiful set from the band.
0: Woodstock Nation.
1: It's now midnight. Johnny Winter takes the stage for an electric 65 minutes of sheer shredding rock and roll. Played six songs. His brother, Edgar Winter, joined him for three of those. Ended the set with Johnny B. Good. The music just keeps on pounding through. I just That's what I love about Woodstock. It still boggles my mind. You just can't imagine a festival where they're playing in the middle of the night. Of course, people are sleeping during the show, and God only knows what. It's 1.30 in the morning. It's blood, sweat, and tears time. They were at the top of their game when they played Woodstock. They made $12,000, and that was a lot in 1969, and apparently they never did see a dime. That's what they were going to get paid. They're coming off their 1969 Grammy for album of the year. They were supposed to be headlining at a reasonable time, but here they are. It's 1.30 in the morning. They are not in the film. And this is one of those circumstances where it would have done them great. I wish we had some some footage of them. Because if they weren't if bands weren't in the film. There's not a lot of documentation. I mean, you get a little bit here and there on YouTube, maybe some some scraps, but you don't get that feeling of an entire set. And the reason they weren't in the film is because their manager made the crew turn off the cameras because the band had not been paid yet. And they had not agreed to the film. I don't think they ever did get paid. They never made the film. They played an amazing set. They had all those great songs of Chord. God bless the child. And when I die, you made me so very happy. They had all the songs. They were superstars. And there was their performance at Woodstock, buried in the middle of the night. 3 a.m. It's Crosby, Stills, and Nash. This is only their second performance. They blew everybody away. They played two of sets. The first set was acoustic with Sweet Judy Blue Eyes and uh, Ma- uh, Marrakesh Express, all that good stuff, Helplessly Hoping, Guinevere, and no Neil Young yet. Neil wasn't interested in the acoustic stuff, and he still really isn't. When you want to rock, you got to think Neil Young. Then Crosby Stills and Nash and Young finish up the set with their second set. Mr. Soul, and you had Long Time Gone, and all that good stuff. And also some wooden ships in there. The Encore, just beautiful. And Crosby, Stills, and Nash, one of the most remarkable performers at Woodstock. Paul Butterfield Blues Band, Chicago Blues Man, great harmonica player. They came on at 6 in the morning. The crowd is starting to clear out. It's 6 in the morning, Monday morning. It's kind of the end. People, people had lives to go back to, back to school, back to work. It's been a weekend of lots of music, too much rain, too much dope, too little food. People are tired. And a lot of people just started to, to leave during that Paul Butterfield Blues performance. And then about 7.30 in the morning, Sha Na Na took the stage. They got in the movie and this is they can thank Jimi Hendrix for this. They got in the movie because the crew was getting ready for Hendrix and there they were set up and ready to go. And then here comes this crazy New York band Shanana. There's been a lot of talk about that. How did they get in? This set, it just doesn't seem like they fit. They were close by. They must have just one of those lucky things. They got here in the show, and at the hop was in the film. So they got in the film too. Everything was going golden for this band, or should I say, gold lame. They wore gold lame suits on stage and leather jackets, and their hair was greased back. Uh, and of course, Jocko was there. Still around. Great sense of humor. He said after the set. A guy came up to him and said, you know, I woke up and I thought I was on some sort of bad acid trip. That's really, uh, that's really not a compliment. (laughs) Maybe it is. What the heck, right? So this is just the craziest lineup, right? Sha-na-na into Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. And this is really where history is made. In fact, someone said, you know, you can ask anybody if they went to Woodstock, but you got to ask them, did you go to Woodstock and did you see Hendrix? And it's one of those questions I think to myself, I think, gosh, if I had gone to Woodstock, would I have had the tenacity to stay until the end? Would I have waited for Hendrix or would I have been thinking to myself, what do you think you would have done? You know, would you have been like, I got to go back to work. I, you know, I'm tired. Or, you know, what kind of person would you have been? I'd like to believe that I was the kind of person that would have said, no, you know what? I'm going to blow work off today. I'm going to call in sick and I'm going to stay here and watch Hendrix. Hendrix, the Gypsy, Sun and Rainbows band, sort of a ragtag band he had to pull together for this show. Mitch Mitchell on drums, bassist Billy Cox and guitarist Larry Lee performing with Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix was paid the most amount of money and I'm assuming he did get paid because... He's in the movie, so I'm hoping he got paid. Hendricks at this point, of course, there was a half a million people at Woodstock. Now there's a dwindling amount of people, less than 200,000, and there's mixed reports on that. It could have even been less than that. Jimmy's just playing along. He doesn't care, and you've seen some of the pictures. You see the film, and you see the field, and you see it's a mess. So this is about 10 songs in. And we are starting to get a little version of Voodoo Chow, Slight Return. And this is something from the 40th anniversary concert from Conrad Oberg. Conrad Oberg for the 40th anniversary of Woodstock. The 15-year-old said he always wanted to play at Woodstock, and he finally had his chance at the 40th anniversary. Of course, Jimi Hendrix performing that in 1969, right after Voodoo Chow, Hendrix told the crowd, You can leave if you want. We're just going to jam. That's all. And jam they did, of course. That is just an American classic. Later, uh, Jimmy was on one of the talk shows and he said, all I did was play it. I'm American. So I played it. Jimi Hendrix, it's just, It's we lost him way too early. Of course, he's such a, a legend at this point. Played Purple Haze and ended with his encore of Hey Joe And uh, apparently, Hendrix rarely did an encore. Hendrix wanted to be the final performer, was scheduled to perform on Sunday at midnight. Didn't take the stage till 9 a.m. on Monday morning, and he played a two-hour set. It almost didn't turn out that way. Michael Lang, the promoter, wanted Roy Rogers, the country star, to end the show and play Happy Trails. And Roy said, I don't know, he just didn't want to do it. So I think we had a finer ending with Mr. Jimi Hendrix, and that ends our retrospective and look back at Woodstock, the three days, which was a little longer than three, and what happened on those monumental three days of Woodstock. I'm Marla Davies, and I'm one of the producers for Woodstock Nation. Woodstock Nation is a documentary that features the... Evolution and revolution, life changing magic of music festivals from Woodstock to today. Music festivals still so magical, still so strong. And really, Woodstock, it wasn't an official starting point, but it sure is what a highlight from 50 years ago. Woodstock Nation, the podcast, is in association with Woodstock Nation, the documentary to be released in 2019 and brought to you by the wonderful people at Green Age Development. We will talk to you again next week with lots of festival fun and Woodstock shenanigans. So we'll talk to you then. Peace.
0: Peace, love, and thanks for being part of the tribe. From Marla Davies and everyone here at Woodstock Nation. Tune in. Turn on. Next week.